Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, an unofficial podcast on the FX television show. Fargo Talks Fargo is hosted by me, Bill Lempe, and my buddy Sharpie. Sponsors for this season of Fargo Talks Fargo are TAG, celebrating Fargo and the Midwest community through t-shirts, art, and graphics. For more information, visit tagfargo.com. And Fargo Brewing Company's Wood Chipper India Pale Ale with its bold hop flavor and velvety body. Grab a pint or visit them online at fargobrewing.com. All right, so here we are. Episode three has aired. We put out the hot dish last night. I didn't get any sleep thanks to you, Sharpie. You, <laughs> you giant douche canoe. Hey, now. And I don't even know what to do. And now this week we are joined by Chris Kurzman, who works at the Arts Partnership here in town. Hello, Chris. Howdy. Hey, guys. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Chris is also just a good old man about town and here in downtown Fargo, so got to have him on the show. Hey, thanks and again for having me. You're also working with, uh, you guys are doing some live tweeting of the show, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, the, at the Arts Partnership, I write uh, the Arts Pulse blog, which is an arts and culture blog for the Fargo-Moorhead area. And um, we do some work with the forum. And uh, when this this all started going down, uh, we um, partnered up with the forum to do some episode recaps and to do some live tweeting and stuff like that. Um, I, I participated on the premiere night with some of the live tweeting, and yeah. I'll be doing some episode recaps down the line. Sweet. Um, but for the for the most part, right now, um, we're going through a big kitchen renovation right now. So um, I I basically I'm thinking about tiling tile floors and stuff a lot more than I probably. Well, what it if, probably should be, but <laughs> what if what if they're wrong and you're right, Chris? That's in the show. Oh God, it's in the show. So um, where should we head if if somebody's looking to get those live tweets? Where can they check that out at? Uh, they can actually go to um, the forum. Started a dedicated blog called Fargo and Fargo, and you can find it at fargo.areavoices.com. There you cool, go. Folks. There they are. And check the forum is more. our. Local newspaper. Our local, yeah, yeah, yeah. So more more information from locals. Obviously, they do it a lot faster than we do because we talk for a long time. So uh, the, Heidi and John Lamb wore uh, plaid shirts today nice. for their video recap for this episode. And it so. snows all the time in theirs. Yeah, they're yeah. doing some great video recaps. Check yeah. that out. Yeah. And we, we might have John back again, too. I know we've talked about doing that. So so Sharpie, where, where, I don't even know where to start after the hot dish and if you didn't hear the hot dish, we're not going to skip right to that, but it involves the ice scraper and me having a holy shit moment. And then I, I stayed up till almost 5 a.m. trying to read more and, and try to find out if there are more people uncovering this idea. I haven't found a ton, but we'll come to that. So where do I, I mean? What do you want? I think that it's fairly obvious, but we'll get to it later. I, I, and I'm also, um, I was briefed on this before I came on. I'm oh, you got our of- white paper? I got I got your white paper. Um, I I got your synopsis. I got the one pager. I got. Uh, and I'm I'm really surprised at what corners of uh, human thought and intelligence you guys are going for. <laughs> Go, and what you're heading toward here, it's um it's, it's it's pretty interesting. It's heavy duty. So are you ready, Chris? I I I, was, I mean, you better be prepared for this. I, I'm I'm prepared, and uh, like I said, this is uh um. I, I'm actually really excited uh, <laughs> to to sort of dig into stuff like this. I was a big fan of Lost. I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of symbols and uh, semiotics. Like Zildjian or 
Uh, you know, I, no, I'm more of a pasty man, oh, but okay, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> drum nerds unite! <laughs> but that's the rim shot, yeah. right, for the jokes. Um, uh, but uh, the I think it was kind of creeping out at me from the get go with this show that there was uh, a a lot of emphasis on symbols, on mm-hmm. uh, you know these sort of encapsulated ideas that have um, right uh, run a lot deeper. I could. I could, I could, you know, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, de Saussure and uh, sign theory and uh, stuff like that. But I think you're kind of, you're kind of hitting on that already. Yeah, we're know? getting there. You're getting there. So where do you want to start, Sharpie? I mean, you you put some work into some show rundown stuff here, and I feel like we need to just walk through the episodes like we normally do and try to stay as close to on track as is possible with two people who need Adderall themselves, me and Sharpie. Yeah, I mean, I think we start from the beginning. We've got some ideas we've got some theories i've got a wood chipper i'm ready to rock <laughs> you guys were talking about lines from the from the third episode pretend i'm a three 300 pound nine-year-old nine yeah what you, uh, pretend i'm a three year old 300 pound nine-year-old who can't finish a sentence exactly <laughs> so i don't know i was i was happy to finally find out just a little bit more about mr frozen and his panties yeah we've got just a little tidbit into that story not the full thing but uh mm-hmm. you just like to say panties i think i do like saying panties um, well because they called them panties a bunch in the first few episodes so so Whatever. we got a little more insight into that still don't have the full story it's kind of interesting how they keep going back and forth with that or not really back well yeah back and forth um it, I, it, i'm curious to see as to where I mean, because obviously that's going to lead up somehow into the overarching story, or else it's just like a background to show Lawrence's malice. Um, but it will be interesting to see those sort of little vignettes like peek their way throughout the season and see if that really ties into the 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 more the bigger picture. I guess I should say. Yeah, I do think the interest the the part that I noticed right away was this like. Lorne has been somewhat calculated in all the things we've seen him do since crashing into the 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 deer. You know, he didn't just like walk straight through the strip club, you know, the lucky penny and just like in front of people just hammer a guy in the head with mm-hmm. a knife and you know, he also you know, he's well I'll skip ahead shortly just for a second. He he sneaks into Stavros Milos house. But this one, man, he just walks into the office. The guy obviously knows something's going on because he's, you know, he's got his panties in a bunch. <laughs> Sweating bullets at that point. Yeah, and there's the fish Keeps tank, by the way. Him, Time, there's, you know, there's a fish. More fish. And, and he, but he just, he's like ballsy. He just drags him out in front of coworkers and through cameras. And I, it just seems like a slightly different Lauren than we've seen. Yeah, you know well, what I mean, he just—I mean, he's, there's no hiding my face. There's, I'm right. just like, I'm gonna drag you out by the necktie, MF. Well, and, and I but know that's this pretty is a, typical. I know it's kind of a comparison that's been made too um, between Lorne Malvo and uh, Anton Sugar, um, these sort of angel of death type of evil incarnate uh, types who um, they're they're so unilaterally set into their um, into their own agenda that they do things like walk into and i'm assuming it was in the middle of the day at the when that that scene yeah. first started i was like oh he's working late and there's no one else in the office well then all right. of a sudden the one woman the lady out. sticks her head out yeah and you're like, you're like yeah that was really surprising because it seems like he's working late because the lights in the office are like dim or down or something yeah. you really don't expect 
three or four ladies to poke their heads out of the cube and then not do anything. It's, it's, you They're know, all just nobody's like, rushing oh. to a phone to call authorities or security or anything like that. Well, just Midwesterners minding their own business, evidently. Well, and again, reinforces this idea that, uh, you know, Lorne Malvo has, there's, there's almost something supernatural about him that he um, uh, sort of repels definition. Yeah. That he um, uh, has this sort of uh, bubble or he has this sort of Teflon thing to his being where he can sort of slip in and out of uh, situations. And well, like the scene where he puts the Adderall pills in the bottle, that yeah. whole time I'm like, oh, he's going to get he's going to get caught or he's going to have to make something. He never has There's to. There's no sense of he urgency has, either. No, uh-uh. he's like, I know it's like a foreknowledge or this idea that um, the the purity of my uh, agenda will prevail at this point. But right. uh, yeah, it's um, there's a lot of uh, I'm going to set the table for you. There's a lot of uh, he he almost is a mythological creature. A little bit. Almost. And and so we, we finally get to see how he ends up frozen. And he owed somebody money, and he's working in accounting for him. So, of course, I was mm-hmm. like, who's he stealing from? And we also, is this the first time we've gotten a date on the actual kickoff? Because um, I can't remember where it was. I saw somewhere in the opening that it was that it was 1-18-2006. Yes, oh. January 18th was the security footage. Yeah, that's um, what it was. Sorry, thank you. Of when the guy was kidnapped. So. Yeah, and that's interesting, Chris, because there are theories out there that I've been reading, and we can get to this in a little bit, that he is actually a supernatural character. Yeah. Yeah. So we open with that, and then we eventually, you know, in true form, super serious, and <laughs> let's lighten it up for a minute, and Lauren visits... Uh, chump. 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 Chump at, the, <laughs> at squat. <laughs> the midwestern curves and they yeah. just go they just go straight to it right after the you, you got bronzer on your note and the, that's the other thing so he's standing in front of a class of people and he's showing them a ransom note like hey look here fuckstick I have <laughs> duh and, and then he goes into a room and then he says you couldn't find a smaller room for us to talk in and they're just in there having a conversation which is awesome and we should hear a little bit of that we should yeah I'll have to dig that one up here. Hold that, on. It, that is a great conversation. Like, he just panics, and immediately the first room he goes into, and I mean, it's probably, like, in a strip mall somewhere, so, with probably shared bathrooms as well, so, he just dives into, like, a janitorial closet. The other thing both Sharpie and I noticed is, that here, I'm showing this to Chris in the clip, it's like, it says, LaBeouf miscellaneous, and I just, I want to know yeah, if Yeah, that was weird. Is it, is somebody trying to make fun of Shia? You think? Is that his box of miscellaneous miscellaneous you know, things that he's that he's ripping off from somebody else? Yeah, if you go back and watch that scene, you'll notice in the background in the closet there's Lubouf miscellaneous <laughs> written on a box, right to the right oh, of uh, Chump's head. <laughs> what? I never I never noticed the name of the place. That it's is called so yeah, and, and it's, it's logo. <laughs> it's, it's so special. It's not even funny. So here, I'll just I'll just pick a spot here and play. Listen, listen, listen. I, I swear on my... You couldn't find a smaller room for us to talk in? What? It's nothing. This, this He's unaware thing, how small the room is. Huge mistake. Okay, I, I never meant... See, I just... I just... I just wanted something for, for Don. You know? You're done? Here it is. You're screwed. You made a choice. 
And this is the consequence. Me, I'm the consequence. Oh, please, please don't tell Helena. I don't work for Helena. I work for her husband, Stavros Milos, the supermarket king. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, oh. Oh. This is the part I think is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Squeeze. This is the yeah. <laughs> squeeze hands yeah, an exercise ball. So yeah, so so they're in there. <laughs> squeeze this. Uh, wanted to. That's like I don't know why I love that kind of stuff. So he. Well, so they hatch their own plan, right? So this is yeah. where Lauren sort of, and I don't know if he had this in mind from the beginning, um, like from the, from the time he was told to go, uh, to Duluth, but. You mean to to somehow find money? Yeah. No, I think, I I don't know. I think it's, I think 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 when he gets to the hatch, I think Mm. when he gets to the bottom of the random number and he's, and he says, why that much? And he's like, well, I want to open a Turkish bath. I think he realizes there's a lot more money to be had. And he knew something else was up because that's a very specific number. And, you know, so. Because he asks for forty three thousand, is it forty three thousand six hundred thirteen or forty thousand six hundred thirteen? Forty three. I think it's forty three thousand six hundred and thirteen dollars. Okay. So, and please note those last three digits because we're going to talk about that six hundred thirteen. Four thousand eight hundred fifteen sixteen thirty two. Yeah. So I don't know, and and there's also the great line also that I didn't play that he says I'm confused, and Lauren's like that's okay, I'm not. Yeah, that's my favorite line <laughs> of the whole episode. <laughs> You know who's in charge. So he's, he's, he's in charge. So Lauren's still he's still on a mission and we we only get to he only lets us in on like they're letting us in on like tiny pieces every night, showing us more and more of what's what's happening and and whatnot. Yeah. So then we move into um Gus Grimley. Yeah. And he's sort of starting to ponder that that evening back in Duluth and he just happens to look up um it's the, the flashback plates. episode, by the way. Did you notice there was like three different flashbacks, basically, in this episode? There were a few flashbacks. But weren't they all from Gus? No. Um, well, technically, the first one was a flashback of what happened to Frozen Panties. That's a flashback. Oh, yeah. I suppose and, that is a flashback. And then we've got Gus having his flashback of the night he he let uh, Malvo off the hook. And then eventually, we've got uh, Lester Nygaard having some flashback action in yeah, his they, kitchen. They, they, uh, they pretty much replay that entire scene, that entire first scene between him and his wife oh, God, in flashback, which is, which is just cringy. Ugh. So cringy. But at the oh, same God. time, every time I hear how rude she is to him, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're going to, you act like that. You're going to get hit in the head with a hammer. Maybe you're they're wrong. And you're right. <laughs> Vigilante. I'm justice. surprised it wasn't like a hockey stick or something. Yeah. I just or a casserole. I, I think I also, they saved that for the comic relief. The two kids, the two Hex yeah, boys. True. But, <laughs> this this was guys. also this the scene with Gus though back in Duluth was also a scene where I kind of thought just a, a small amount. Now it's not a huge point, but that Gus and Lester actually have a few things in common that they they just get walked on by people around them. You know, like when he goes in to tell tell his his chief or whatever that he, he let. <laughs> somebody go that mm, was probably involved in a murder and he's like he, you know use the phrase dipshittery which mm-hmm. i loved yeah, was but nice. he just he just becomes kind of a pile and a stuttering mess which is the same thing that happens to lester when people start trying to 
push him around or tell him what's what. And he's just, you know, they just, nobody hears those guys either, but they're, they're kind of the light and dark side of that for me. Whereas Lester's like secretly wants to. Lester doesn't, doesn't find anybody to, to sort of commiserate with though. No, he doesn't. And I think, uh, uh, Colin Hanks's character is going to find he's there's, there's obviously a connection there. And I don't know if they're, playing that up for a possible romantic thing but you know but at least got to be some the, love past at, the stripper oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> at the very at the very least though i mean she totally gets it once his daughter comes in and the way she asks the question like so is mom at home then she doesn't say like oh tell me about your wife or tell me about right she says so is mom at home then um meaning like hey i you just dragged your daughter mm-hmm. from Duluth to Bemidji, which is what about a two-hour drive, maybe. It, well, more? they make it in. The, it's got to be. They, they, they make it what apparently seems to be like some daytime easiness, and I can tell you that driving from Duluth to Bemidji sucks way it's more no, than that. It ain't no fun. The uh, did you guys catch a uh, little tangent here? Did you catch the? Uh, I, I watched with closed captioning. Rat hole. Let's the, go. Let's do uh, it. The. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the ad that's on the radio when she is first, let's see. I oh, when she's, she's driving to, she's driving. when she's driving to visit her friend. Yeah, she's driving to visit, she's driving, yeah. I didn't and hear the ad, I guess. It's uh, something about it um, two days and three nights, uh, all expenses paid in Bismarck. <laughs> and I was like. That's what people were talking about. Bismarck. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they're, they're, who was going for driving from Bismarck to Bemidji? Anyway. But, Bismarck yeah. is a beautiful place. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. Hey, they got the Seven people. Seas Motel there. They do. Home of Essie's, right? Home of Essie's. Oh, South American sauce. South American sauce. <laughs> By the way, that's no joke. That stuff's awesome. The okay. South American sauce that's from the center of North America. So, yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll gloss over a few things here because I still really want to mm-hmm. just get to the meat of this. So, yeah, Lester's got a pellet in his hand. He hates it and he's having flashbacks. We get into the Bo Monk Agency and somehow through a through a few series of events, uh, Lester gets sent to Gina Hess's Hess's Gina Hess house. It's like Jesus's. I don't know how to do that. She, either way, he goes to Gina's house and, uh, needs her to sign some paperwork. And there's some pretty interesting behavior happening there that I, I'm still waiting to see the rest of that hatch. She, she seems so desperate for money, which I don't understand to a certain degree because even prior to his death, they're pretty well off. They seem They're pretty well off, but or funny, or is there yeah. something behind it that somebody's mm-hmm. jacked up the books mm-hmm. or stolen money or I I don't know because we she might be in a sticky situation and need to need a lift out. Maybe, but the thing is, I I keep trying to remind myself too that the only reason Lauren Malvo is in town is by pure chance because he hit a deer. Now, that's the only reason he's there. So he couldn't have known of anything, but. She, I, I, I'm going to go on record. I early on said I was a little worried about Kate Walsh. I'm for the small amount of scenes she's been in. I think she's, I, she has dug herself out of the private practice hole for me. Yeah, I'm yeah, okay totally. with it because yeah. she's, she's really subtle, but just has that that vibe to her that I still I kind of dig. Plus, she's a ginger. I oh, feel so for that. now you're into her now that she like starts putting on the moves and opening up the robe. I like a lady who can yeah open the kimono. And I, I add Matt, uh, check it out because I feel I feel like there's small things afoot here that we're trying to pick up on and overanalyze. Sometimes I think Matt and I lose some sleep here and there thinking about That's things me. that just didn't happen. Right? 
but I called Matt today on the way to dinner somewhere, and I said, you got to look up this song. I know it's one of these things, and he, he singled it out, and I said, it's one of these three guys, and he goes, yeah, you're right. It was John Lee Hooker, and it's Crawlin' Kingsnake is playing in the background. I don't know. There's just there's something in that song about not messing around and using somebody for yourself, and you read the actual lyrics way towards the end. There's also a mention of Spider, which oh, there were how many times have spiders come up in the show? Spiders all over. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Spiders Did you everywhere. were you able to read anything into the? Because it's a weird spot because they don't just play. I don't think the show creator is just randomly like, let's put some music in here, Grey's Anatomy style, to make people yeah. feel something. Yeah, yeah. I think they would listen. I think they'd be listening to Crawling King Snake. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> by yeah. John you know, Lee Hooker. She's really, <laughs> she's really into old like late nineteen forties blues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because watching that scene, and again, like um, you guys need to get out of my brain because watching that scene, <laughs> that that song seems incongruous to the point of like it was really trying to stand out right like but at the same like, time it was so low that you i literally was having a moment i was like is that robert when i watched that, i was like is that robert johnson i'm like no he doesn't have that and actually when you watch with closed captioning on as i did um <gasps> i knew the name of that song and the performance right away incidentally That's brilliant when you Why watch didn't with we closed, do that when you watch with closed captioning on you also find out um uh, and uh, the lyrics. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there oh, are any the lyrics. sign language. Uh, no, actually, there's no. <sighs> they don't do the sign language, um, oh, which would be interesting to get some. ASL. Oh, we've got that. Oh, we're, oh, good. we're, we're good, on good, that good. for this show. We'll we'll tell people about a link and. But the um, uh, how many times the the bracketed phrase melancholy orchestration appears? <laughs> oh, for the scene where uh, what do they well, do for, for all the, the scenes oh, when the score for, like, comes the theme out? Theme song. And I can't remember who, uh, I'd have to look at credits to see who does the score, but it's a very well done score. I love it, how minimal it's it a, is. Well, it's minimal, but at the great. same time, like it has some uh, kind of Lawrence of Arabia type of flourishes that sort of, that um, I, maybe it's irony because it's like big grandiose flourishes over, you know, this uh, uh, blowing cold white landscape kind of a thing. Um, but to me, it's... Uh, uh, you know, if I were scoring something like that, you know, I'd probably use like little minimal type of bleepy bloopy type of. Th- yeah. These are these big it type grows. of washes of orchestration that sort of say like, no, we want to go for something like we want it to sound like big and grand. Yeah. You know? Plus the that constant cue of the the percussion mm-hmm. that they play, kind of it's like they're like saying, "Hey, listen up." Um, also, speaking of great quotes. I've taken shits I want to live with more than them. <laughs> oh, what the, he shoots the, shoots his brother in the ass. <laughs> yes. And then she looks out the window and she goes, oh, not again. Not again. <laughs> so great. God, those kids. You know what? I don't think anyone is going to murder those kids. I think they're going to somehow like simultaneously fall off ladders together, looking in a window of some girl taking off her shirt like Animal yeah. House style. And they're just going to fall and impale themselves on their own stupidity or something. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they'll probably end up coming out smelling like roses. They're just going to go pratfall after pratfall over these 10 episodes. They're just going to get Chevy Chase end, from here on out. They, yeah, they're just going to be... <laughs> They're just going to be doing their Gerald Ford impression. Yes. Somebody's <laughs> going to get their hands stuck in the bassomatic. <laughs> Who's that going to be? Yeah, I don't it's know. It's going to be the... Are they twins? That'll no, be the they're, next they're not. They're not. They're, that, no, they're, they're oh, you older mean, and a younger. Yeah, they're older and yeah. younger. And 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 I keep thinking, what did they let her in? Like, <laughs> how would either of those dolts remember a play in any sport? Maybe the older one, but the other one, I don't know. What are they just like? He's got to be the water boy. 
<laughs> okay, so did you have anything you want to add to the uh, the Gina Hess and Lester situation? Where I just I feel like she's she's feeling she's feeling a weird kindred spirit to him. Like, hey, your wife's yeah. dead, my husband's dead, and and you're you're part of the insurance and company need, that's going to get me all my you, money. And yeah, I need yep. you. Uh, I might have kind of missed this part, but what was his motivation? Because I know I, you remember the scene where he goes back and uh, he's at work. And uh, he's oh I got to run some paperwork out to the Hesses. What was what was Lester's what was Lester's motivation to go out there? Because Bo told him to. Because that, that was it. He was so looking he for like, something to do, and Bo Bo had oh, I got some dentist stuff. Is what he says or something like that. I like where they're going out for Arby's. Uh, hats hats. Oh yeah, I, I I have that in my little notes to talk about later. But that's when he's in the bathroom. He's like, yeah, we're gonna get some Arby's. You want some? Oh God, back to the Arby's. So Arby's. many things, and I don't think these are cheap tiebacks. I think they're just they're great things to to play off that same universe and same culture that they've kind of bred into this show. And I'm I'm for the most part over. There's I still see a lot of people complaining about Bemidji's not like that. So and so place is not like that. We don't. T- I'm like fucking just chill out. There's a better <laughs> story going on here. Once yeah. you get past it, you know the same way. Not all Spanish culture is a novella. There's all sorts of stuff. It's just right. you're you're missing out. You need to be it, you need to be And not every smothered. Italian is a mobster. No, no. Oh, hey, come on. It's a Mario. <laughs> um so or so a Malvo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then so then we so we get to Malvo buying the pills off the guy. He goes to get the Adderall, which by the way, just going to point out my license plate freak out again. Uh license plate Q35I2471. You are whatever. just hung up on that hung license up. plate. I, I I can't wait till this season is over and it doesn't amount to a, a, a hill of <laughs> shit, but I don't care. It's my ADD I thing. Hope it does, I hope it does. I have to track all these you. numbers and I'm waiting what at if, some point to get my like Fargo if, Fargo Lorne Malvo decoder ring. And what if they're wrong well, and you're right, yeah. Phil? Yes. And what if that fish in the poster is actually, wait for it, a red herring? Oh. oh. Mind blown. Boom. Boom. Anyway. Not quite. All right. Next anyway. week. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and Molly meets her friend, which is the uh, the tieback to Yamaguchi, or what, what was his name? Sharpie? Mike Yamagita. Mike Yamagita. Oh, my God. That, Very similar that thing. Scene. Same kind of restaurant, buffet style thing. But what's, I still, what's with the spiders? Yeah. yeah, that was a weird little tiny tangent there. It made me uncomfortable, and I think that was its only goal. Well, well what was the purpose of that scene? So what would be the purpose of that scene other than to introduce... Because, I mean, uh, I don't think that really moved along the plot at at all. Um, you know, I, don't, you, I guess I don't... I agree. I don't think it did either. You think of well, the, the... Okay, so the scene in the movie where she meets Mike also doesn't really have anything to do with the main plot of the movie. Fargo no, but either. you know what that does... That that is the point in the movie at which Marge realizes she find remember she finds out he uh, what's say it Yamaguda Mike Yanagita Mike Yanagita Jesus why can't I Christy Yamaguchi oh, God, I don't jerk. even know if that's right I think it's the first. it is right it's my, but it, sorry there's the Stephen Colbert the, joke in there somewhere I know there's that's the point Marge in the movie in 1996 realizes when she finds out he his wife's not dead he lives whatever that's the point where she realizes. Oh shit! Good people lie. People you think are good lie, and then she goes back to see. Now I've got Lester Jerry Lundegaard. She goes uh-huh. back to Jerry Lundegaard and says, uh-huh. "All right, uh, you know, let's about. You're sure you're not missing a car? That that was the scene that just makes her realize I don't trust these people in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the Mike Yanagida okay. yeah, yeah. character was actually incredibly pivotal in 
in the plot or in in Marge's direction. But right. I don't. I retract I'm, my I've, earlier I'm statement. Yet, right. I'm yet. I'm yet to understand, though. I still agree with you that I don't understand outside of bringing up spiders and uncomfortable, strange sex talk. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand that scene. I don't think we're meant to understand it quite yet. I mean, no, it did okay. introduce um, Molly talking. Of, she did mention a muddy road. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, that was the scene in which they did talk about that, which is the show which is title. The, which is the show title. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, she did say that while they were there. I, I have a feeling that it wasn't just thrown in there for nothing. We'll, no, no. There'll be some tie back eventually and we'll be like, Noah Hawley's not. Oh, yeah, it's I the kinda, spiders yeah. in the neck thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't Noah Hawley's version of the music montage where there's no dialogue and they're just filling about five minutes. Yeah. So I think this is a great time before we get into the thick of the last part here that I think is... Yeah. So we're going to take a quick sponsor break here because we have two sponsors for this show that are helping us out this year make this thing happen. And uh, our first sponsor we're going to talk about this week is TAG. That's T-A-G, TAG. And TAG celebrates, we say the TAG celebrates the True Fargo community with True Fargo swag. They've got like t-shirts that are created by local people. They're printed in the area and there's Fargo theater shirts. There's ones with Buffalo on them. There's ones that say, I'd frack that. There's all sorts of like fun Midwestern humor that is happening and they're available to purchase online anytime, you know, North Dakota where the beer is always cold. So you need to go to tagfargo.com. That's T-A-G Fargo.com. And you got to check out some merchandise there and buy them. Do you know why? Here's why you need to go. Because now on this show, any order you make now, you can get 15% off your order. If you put boom. in the boom, you put in the promo code Fargo, and we didn't actually get an answer pre-show if it was uppercase or lowercase, all uppercase, all lowercase. So if one doesn't work, try the other one. Yeah, that's we it. Shipping, five is, letters, guys. shipping is mostly to the United States and Canada, but if not, check it out and get in contact with them. But you should do it. Hey, fifteen percent off a shirt. I would take that, advantage of that. There's stuff at Tag I'd buy. I there's like tons t-shirts. of stuff there. So. And they've got new stuff coming in and new colors for spring that are happening. So you need to head over to tagfargo.com, enter the promo code Fargo, and get yourself some swag. Done. All right, Sharpie. Boom. Kick this okay. thing off. So we're uh, we're going to head back to Stavros Milos and my holy shit moment from last night with you. Well, we're just going to skip by the muddy road thing or we're going to come back oh, to Oh, do you want to talk about the muddy road? Yeah, talk about the muddy road. Well, the episode is titled The Muddy Road. A muddy road. Oh, thanks. Thanks for covering that. Did you know that? <laughs> I did know that. Um, well, I just wanted to touch on it a little bit because, you know, it's the episode title. Um, that but, shit doesn't mean anything. <laughs> titles. And, and we've got this sort of continuing theme of the episode titles being uh, short stories or parables with a message. Um, so yet again, are. we have another one, A Muddy Road. And Bill, you dug up a bunch of of stuff on this that was kind of interesting and we can, mm-hmm. and we sort of have a couple different angles on it. Uh we'll see which I mean it, it, it's all part of the really same like it's all part of the same here. parable. I mean really. Yeah. I mean do you, do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? I think you should tell. So the one that I came across is comes from Zen Buddhism and there's there's two monks walking down the road and it's rainy and it's been muddy, a muddy road. And boom, the two monks come upon a young beautiful woman in a silk kimono and they the one monk just walks up and says, come here. And he picks her up and he carries her across the road, puts her down, and then they continue on to the next night, to, to later that night, to uh, their, their place of stay for the evening. And when they get there, the other monk says, hey, you know, what, what was up with that? You know, we're monks. We really shouldn't be involved with young, beautiful women like that. And 
why, why did you do that? And the other monk, the, the wise one says, well, I left her behind. You know, obviously you haven't. And that's the, the story of the, just, he's, he's doing the right thing where the other guys hung up on the, um, the dogma or the, you know, whatever you want to call it of what they should and shouldn't do the proper way to interact with people or situations. So, right. so in that scenario, who, who is hung up? I'm confused about that. To be yeah. With you. Okay. Well, um, based on what I read, the one hung up is the guy who's very strict on his religious beliefs and he cannot mm-hmm. go over and help the woman because they're not supposed to be interacting um, with that kind, you know, even though they're supposed to be, you know, good, wholesome people, they, they're monks. They're not supposed to, you know, engage with these young, attractive women. And so he like puts his head down and has to keep going where the other guy is just like, she needs some help, you know, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what's the big deal? Let's just, he he just saw a situation for more of what it is, just like do the right thing, help out, move on, and continue going about your business, whereas the other guy was more hung up just because of his religious beliefs. So in the in the parable that I was reading, basically they said, um, it obliges you to see the situation as it is instead of letting your religious or personal views blind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of the takeaway and right. how that relates. There's a couple of different theories, I guess, um, and, and we'll probably never know what it's directly referring to. There's Gus Grimley and mm. the cop, you know, who's who and he went back to the crocodile's dilemma. He does the, he go, he does the right thing. Which tied yeah. in really nicely with Gus Grimley. Yeah. Skipping ahead, right? Because he does the right thing. Yeah, he um well the, and now that now that you mentioned that, um so he, um, he kind of fulfills that role of the, um, I, I guess not the, not necessarily the antagonist. I, I, you know, maybe looking at it from sort of the 30,000, uh, foot view is, um, uh, the idea that, um, we don't know the severity or the, um, the overall, uh, how do I want to say? We don't really, we don't really know the, um, consequences of our actions in the near term or we might know them in the long term so yeah, it, yeah. The, the, this this sort of idea that um the consequences of our decisions are different in the short term and the near term so maybe there's not a direct correlation between no. the people in that but the this idea that yeah gus knows he screwed up well he fucked up and he knows that but at the same time he's also um uh you know we don't know that decision that he made yeah it set off this chain uh of very bad things happening um but at the same time like there's um there's still that sense that i think he gets from uh the bemidji deputy that uh you know what like that's that that sucks but you know what she's more concerned on getting the guy like we're gonna get lorne malvo and Mm -hmm. um and again like she um she also understands from that one scene where um where Grimley's daughter walks in, she knows it's far more complex than just you let the guy go. She doesn't see it in black yeah. and white. And uh, so she sees, okay, so I know what happened. I know what happened. You know, like he threatened you and, um, you know, she could probably hear the whole thing play out sort of in her head, right? Like, okay, he got under your skin 
He knew about your daughter. He knew you were vulnerable somehow, and he used that to his advantage. I know how that could happen. Hey, that's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, so, so she would actually end up being sort of the, uh, um, like, uh, the one who sees, uh, the consequence of actions in the long term, not just the short term. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Maybe. That's not bad, Chris. I don't know. That's a little, that's, yeah. Hey. I could Fargo talks Fargo. To use the name of the show as a verb. Yeah. (laughs) That's our, that's our goal is to get uh, verby. I can, I can totally Fargo talks Fargo. So Lauren sneaks in. Well, I guess. So here's the deal. We're about to get into a section of the show where we get really slightly religious theology chatty, uh, conspiracy chatty, and which should be good for you as long as you pay attention in college. Uh, am I right I, or am I right? Am I right or am I right? I did. You major, weren't smoking all them doobies and stuff before class, were you? No, I tried to. Little keep, known fact I tried to keep Bill that till later. I did major in religious theology for a little while, which is crazy. Hey, I didn't know that. I did not know that. How long have I known you, Bill? I just well, we just I we also, met downstairs about ten minutes ago. Chris oh, that's was right. You pulled the, me uh, off the street. Yeah, I saw this guy I, walking around with shorts, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, Kevin like, Smith. Hey, Kevin is that Smith. you? Is it Kevin? <laughs> You guys, Sorry, okay, folks. fun tangent, fun tangent. tangent. My, rat, my, hole, rat hole number two, go. My wife's, my wife's grandmother bought me a, a copy of Tough Shit, Kevin Smith's book about um, basically how he wants to quit doing movies and how Bruce Willis is an asshole and how all he wants to do is do podcasts <laughs> for the rest of his life. And the reason she bought me the book is she's like, oh, I thought the guy on the cover looked like you. <laughs> oh, wow. And I looked at it and I was like, fuck, he does. <laughs> Damn it! So oh. I, 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 I'm sort of a Kevin Smith doppelganger. It's and okay. Anyway, You're, I, so we'll I have to back. state for the record was, that you are much, say... much, much more slender than Kevin Smith. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I've I don't never think been kicked you, off I a plane also, for. You've also, you also don't fat. own a flashlight, I assume. Uh, I'm not going to admit to. And okay, we'll just stay away from. Uh, that. And we're out of the rat hole. <laughs> hey. Anyway, okay, so. We cut back to Stavros Milos' place, and there's you know there's good old King on the couch keeping his eye Stavros on Stavros Milos Milos Stavros Stavros Milos the sausage king oh the supermarket king of Duluth right he's in Duluth uh, now I'm starting to mix up up the my Midwest towns. upper up Midwest. Midwest yeah, yeah he's got, he's going to open thinking. up stores in the Dakotas yes he's going to do it but uh, I I think there as we get into some things and I I did not have time this literally came to me as I was letting Chris into the building um. I've still been thinking about the deer a little bit. Uh, why yeah, me too. Put, why Lauren put it in the trunk. And there's also, so we opened the scene of uh, the dog. Um, oh God, I'm having so many crazy King. thoughts right now. So, so sorry, people. Um, I'm having, the, the, the dog is like watching this deer, but the dog isn't like wicked freaking out, you know, like some dogs would do at the window. They'd bark and they'd go running, but this dog's, you know, King just has his interest peaked. And he kind of just like, Runs outside. He's like, oh, dear. Well, <laughs> the deer is also shows up in a lot of Christian and actually in some Islamic theology as well as I'm staring at a page on the thing. I was trying to find the, the thing, I, and I apologize to my religious theology professor from my sophomore year, Roy Hammerling. I know we had an entire chat about the deer, but there are there are parts <laughs> where the, the deer and the stag appear to people as messages of God and or Christ uh, throughout the thing. Um, Was that not a part of the a, queen, Helen Mirren, as the queen? Doesn't she see a stag? 
Yeah, I think you might be. And right. that was, I think that might have been okay. Um, Continue. But, and, and, but then, and there's also some people who've lived out with their soul companion being a deer, and then there's this this whole analogy of the deer drinking water. And okay, so whatever. Look, Google this stuff. You'll figure it out. But, um, so it's there. So I have this thing where I'm like, the deer is a symbol of something, and the reason the king, king the dog, isn't freaking out about the deer, it's because it's some sort of they're having their own moment. And I also. I'm now having a crazy moment where I'm like, is, I've never said this to either of you, and it sounds even more crazy as I'm about to say it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh I'm not going to look any is, of the eye while Is Lauren Malvo a deer? Okay, there, I said it. <laughs> he sees the deer, he runs outside, and then all of a sudden, boom, uh, King's dead. So sorry. Anyway. That was it? Is, that was the, that's he's me a shapeshifter. He's a shapeshifter. He's a shapeshifter. Oh, we're going to get, so we're going to get like. He was recently just shapeshifted into a deer to get out of Lester's basement he shapeshifted into a wait for it spider, spider crawled out a crack oh my god he was probably shapeshifting into the screensaver of that guy in the accounting firm he's he was he, he shapeshifted is, into he was he's a red literally herring. pixelated fish yes okay so whatever or he shapeshifted into the poster and he was the fish yes in the poster so lauren Lauren sneaks in. You're just bre- you're just brushing by this. I am brushing Brilliant. by it because we gotta get to, we gotta get to the meaty part, and we can't have this be two hours long. That's what she said. So, oh, hey, oh. hey now, <laughs> and uh, so the anyway, the, are kicking the, in. The dog is king, and etc. So pills are good, and he's he's messing with Stavros, and we talked about this last night on the hot dish that evidently in films and TV shows, anyone who's got a major pill problem has to chew them. Maybe I'm not a pill addict, and maybe you know I should be rubbing it on my gums and snorting some coke. I don't know. I just that's not. My you opinion. know what? When I listened to that, I thought uh, when I watched that scene, I was like, okay, so he changed out the Adderall for acetaminophen, and if he chews acetaminophen, he knows what they taste like. No, he 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 poured the Adderall into it, his acetaminophen. Okay, but either way, he would have tasted the difference. How many drugs right. do you chew? Only five yeah. or six. Next at a time. week, Chris Kersman. Tells us all the taste differences in drugs. Uh, yeah, I'm more than willing to, you know, be a test subject. I really don't like the uh, like the dull bitterness of OxyContin. I've got a, I've got really? OxyContin mouth. I think that's an Amy Schumer joke. <laughs> Next week is drug pairings. <laughs> drug. Oh, what mac beers, and cheese what? that would go great with this slight dose of Adderall. Yeah. Just a little sprinkle on top. We'll get into like the old school. Uh, <laughs> what the book barbitch? Which was it from the Wolf of Wall Street? That they're taking. Okay, whatever. That's a, okay. Let's stop that rat hole. Um, we do cut back to uh, the Bo Monk thing where Lester's in the bathroom. They go to get the Arby's and uh, Mr. Wrench and Numbers just show up random as shit and have the Fargo crew and have some serious Fargo sign click. language. Have some serious sign language <laughs> stuff. And we'll put some links in the show notes. There's somebody who is a translator. And I think, I don't know where your link goes here, Sharpie, but I've read it a few places. There's people translating this and he's not. It's really American Sign Language, but he's just, he's not properly relaying anything he's saying, but it's just hilarious stuff, like what he's saying. Um, yeah, pretty much all the sign language is basically hilarious. It's, it's all just sort of a tangent. It's, if, if, you, if you don't go look it up, what you're getting from the translator in the show is completely incorrect. Yeah. Most of the time. Exactly. What what are their names again? The character names are they numbers? never they, they but they're called. Uh, I think they're credited as numbers and wrench, Mister Numbers and Mister Wrench, is what I've seen. But yeah, but I don't know if that's. I have no idea. I'd love to see a script. I guess I haven't looked for that yet. But um, Molly does some sneaky crap with uh, Lester and and Lauren and 
figure some stuff out. So I'm skipping that. I'm sorry, because we've, we've got to get to this. Boom. Are we ready? Just lay it on. Just so here, do it. here it is. Here's the opening scene. And yes, we're staring at a red ice scraper. Boom. More religious music, by the way. What is by that? Monks. That is a red eye. I don't know what this song is. It's in the closed captioning. <laughs> We're staring at the uh, stained glass window of St. Lawrence. Shazam it. Yeah. Shazam it. I couldn't take my eyes off that painting of Oliver Pratt. Oh, God damn oh, so beautiful. You said you were going to find him. He raised his price. A million dollars? He killed my damn dog and now he wants a million dollars? Eat a turd. It's my response. <laughs> Love uh, that. Your Eat a turd. But, son, you think my ex-wife killed a damn dog? It wasn't the wife, asshat. She's mean, but she got a human <laughs> heart in her chest. She loved the damn animal more than me. No, it's different. Some sick bastard gets off on hurting little things. Who else knows about the money? Nobody. Nothing to know. Must be something. Or he wouldn't be blackmailing you. Well, nobody knows. Nobody can know. It's impossible. Meaning? Yeah, eat those pills. <laughs> Stavros. Okay, here it is. That's enough for me. Mm. They get into a talk about St. Lawrence, who, by the way, is not the patron saint of hard asses. <laughs> he is the patron saint, however, of chefs and cooks, because, yes, he was grilled to death, and he did say, turn me over, and he's a saint. Way to go, buddy. And it, uh, little, little known fact, he was also credited with spiriting away during the persecution of Christians, uh, of hiding away with his parents the Holy Grail. And Sharpie, what do you think the Holy Grail is in this scene? <laughs> well, the Holy Somalia's. Grail... Um... And we met, so we mentioned this in the hot dish, and I mentioned it as a, a painting or a piece of artwork or whatever. But when I watched it the second time, I realized, no, that is the actual red ice scraper. It's like an actual ice scraper. What is that ice scraper there. from, Sharpie? Uh, and what our thought was, that red ice scraper. How? I mean, it's clearly an odd piece to be on a mantle, right? We're yeah, it's not. Fargo. It's not a picture of a a saint. It's not the picture of his dog or the bust of his dog. It's not everything else in his house. It's not the fire everything hydrant. else in his house is, you know, stuff of himself. Very narcissistic very and very iconic, like iconic stuff. So why the so why the why the ice so obviously scraper? you start thinking about what could that be, what could that relate to, and then I'm thinking about the movie and in the movie Fargo, Carl Showalter, the Steve Buscemi character, has the million dollar briefcase the briefcase with a million dollars in it and he stashes it and buries it in the snow and when he does that he just does that out in the country on some random road uh buries it in the snow and he marks the spot because marking a spot in the snow totally works oh Uh, yeah that shit doesn't melt (laughs) (laughs) because that's totally permanent because it's never summer here right he marks the location with a red ice scraper not just any red ice scraper the one that looks exactly like the one in stavros milos milos stavros's office (laughs) damn so 
we are so, hypo- we're hypothesizing now that that that's the money and the undescribed hey where did your he always said it came from family money but we've learned through the storyline that his family has no money both his brothers were screw offs or dead or I can't remember what who cares but the, either way they didn't have money he came from poor people which also by the way St. Lawrence after he hid away all the church's things and gave them away and hid the Holy Grail, he presented the people persecuting the, the, the Christian church at the time, he presented them with the parishioners and the poor and said, these are the riches of the church. That's and, right. And so they, they are that. So that's another thing that with St. Lawrence and, and a lot of this religious theology and stuff that's tying to this. So, so there's a million dollars out there buried in the snow and the yep. ice scraper. And then, and nobody can know. No one would know this. And who's the only nobody person you would probably know. ever tell that to? The lady you're married to and boning at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just found a briefcase worth a million dollars marked by a red ice scraper. Yeah. You had another theory, though, about who actually found it. So my theory, too, is that so they both hold this dog king. And so he's the king of the grocery store supermarkets in the Midwest. His dog's name is King. Um, there's mm-hmm. the king being all these references to the king, you know, the Jesus and God and, and, and we haven't even talked about the, the numerology that we've skipped over here, but we'll get there, but we'll get there. And, and so here's the thing is, is I think <laughs> somehow this is the, so that we're going deep here. We're like off the, we're, we're off the deep end and, and it's shark. like, I'm the gunman on the grassy knoll kind of shit. I think the dog found it. I think that's why the dog is held in such revered thing. He and the wife both care for the dog a lot because I didn't understand why Milos, Stavros, Stavros, Milos, market king, super guy, Stavros, Milos. Did I say that right? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> why would he be out in a field somewhere, as, at least as far as Carl Showalter ran, which, by the way, fun movie fact, uh, there wasn't as much snow as they wanted when they filmed that, which is why I watched that and thought, man, if I ran off the side of the road anywhere in the Midwest like that, in the hardcore dead of winter, you would be like hip deep in snow running into a ditch, but there wasn't some snow. Google that. It's out there. Um, but still, so he buried it, and I, I think the dog found it, personally. That's my, my crazy belief is that I think the dog found it, and that's why the dog is such a revered thing in their house. That's interesting. Um, what would- and, that, and that could be, but does it, I mean, does it matter? Does it, it doesn't really... I don't know. It, I don't think it, it matters. Maybe make, I think it makes... I think it explains the dogs. I think it explains the dog's importance in their life and why he would walk out, drop to his knees at his dead dog. You know, I mean, he doesn't even make like he barely makes a comment when he first goes out there about the note. He just looks at the dog and he's just like, I feel like they owe everything to the dog, which is why there's like a bust of the dog. You know, like anyone who's a pet owner who like like has their dog stuffed after it dies, they've obviously got some serious. They hold it in a certain amount of revere for their pet. But so now I'm thinking. Dear dog, so dear Indugu, how did they? <laughs> dear Indugu, um, no, so uh, maybe the dog was chasing a deer, maybe or I don't think so because his whole like, eh, it's yeah, the deer. Yeah, I'm just gonna I get suppose. up and wander out the door. Yeah. Who knows? I'm I don't just know, saying. But there's it, a lot there's, of there's some fun, fun stuff sl- to play with. We're slowly uncovering a lot of religious. And, uh, and, and and like connections to things, which is totally not beyond the Coen brothers world and totally not beyond Noah Hawley to like 
really and intelligently right to that thing. Well, I, you know, the um, I, I just got to thinking of Barton Fink and um, uh, John Goodman's character in Barton Fink and how that whole, that, um, that film also had some really, some, some really deep um, uh, religious and, uh, uh, religious, religious, philosophical undertones, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, symbolism, and um, uh, it, it, and it doesn't have to be done. If anything, I think uh, in Fargo so far, um, well, I guess probably just with this episode, and it's and it all had to do with the the final voiceover uh, by Lorne Malvo, where he um, he tells the. Moses, the story yeah. of Moses, but not just any story of Moses, because the story of Moses we have is, is the deliverer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that that you know uh, freed the slaves uh, from the Pharaoh, led them into whatever. But he goes pre that story and says, "Let's go back to the point where Moses yeah. was a murderer, and Moses killed an Egyptian for beating one of his one of his uh, countrymen, or you know, one of mm-hmm. his people." Um, which, when you consider the Lester Nygaard and his wife, Lauren Malvo connection relationship, that has some some pretty interesting uh, parallels. Um, and then this also becomes more, almost more expressly about uh, a morality play, like uh, uh, very much about good and evil, um, the gray areas between good and evil, and that kind of thing. So I think this is a really good point for uh, us to take a quick break before we follow up on the Moses business. Uh, And Sharpie's going to tell you uh, something that you may or may not know about. Yes, I am. (laughs) Dramatic pause by Matt Charpentier. Um, Yeah, well, let's get into sponsors quickly. Um, This week's episode is also brought to you in part... By Fargo Brewing Company and their Wood Chipper IPA. I love how you're staring at a can that I can watch you stare right at now. it while you're oh, giving this weird. out. Sometimes I forget you can see me. <sighs> Put your pants on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually do have some Wood Chipper. Brought it down as I came down uh, from Fargo to Colorado for from Easter holiday. Um, brought a whole trunk full of Wood Chipper. Um, Fargo Brewing Company's Wood Chipper IPA is awesome. Um, it's just a, a perfectly balanced amount of hops. It's velvety. It's a little bit sweet. It's not overly bitter. Um, if you're into IPAs, I would recommend checking it out if you're in the Fargo area or with if you're within the distribution area. Uh, they should be hitting Minneapolis this summer. Um, otherwise, they're available in most of North Dakota and quite a bit of Minnesota right now. Um, so Fargo Brewing Company's Wood Chipper IPA. You can check them out at FargoBrewing.com. They have a brewery in Fargo. You can check out the tap room there. Uh, the hours are on their website. And, yeah, it's pretty good. 6.7% alcohol, 70 IBU. That's International Bitterness Units they also have layman. A, they also have a gorgeous logo, may I say. I, I really do uh, enjoy the logo. I like mm-hmm. the dude. He's got some uh, forearm muscles. And he's right. uh, holding a sheaf of wheat. He's looking at his <laughs> bottle of beer. He's just had a hard day's work. 
he says, I'm going to enjoy this wood chipper right here. Yeah. On the it plains. Does. It's very flat. The horizon line is completely flat. Which, He's uh, proud go, of Sharpie. his product. He is proud of his product. Sharpie, did you design the logo for that? <gasps> Did you know that, Chris? Well, yeah. Oh, you did. did. Oh, <laughs> he's sucking up to you, and you're not even sitting next to him. Jeez. I mean, I didn't technically design it. We designed it as a company. Oh, that's good. Um, it was illustrated by Sherwin Schwartzrock. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it is. It's a very nice logo. I love it. It's a great logo. It is I love signs and symbols. So Moses, dude. There we go. Yeah. Moses. We talked about the six thirteen and. Uh, I've been only tracking license plate numbers, <laughs> but Sharpie has been tracking a few more things. Uh, would you like to inform our listening audience about this? Okay, well, um, very quickly, this sort of caught my eye because somebody brought it up on Reddit, actually. Um, the the 613 theory, I guess we might call it. So you have the ransom note, and we all know by now it's kind of been beaten around that the ransom note asks for a really odd number of money, a really odd amount of cash, mm-hmm. $43,613. So you get the 613 in there. You got Lester Nygaard's address. When Gus Grimley's checking the plates on the Ford Taurus, that is Lester's car that Mel- Lauren Malvo was driving, when Gus Grimley... Looks up the plate, he realizes it's Lester's car, and that Lester's address is 613 Willow Creek Drive in Bemidji, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. 613 Willow Creek. Okay? Yes, sir. (laughs) So, Don't worry about it. You didn't call. You didn't say Lauren Malvo was a deer, so you're doing way better than me, man. (laughs) (laughs) So then, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, a former religious theory major, but uh, there are. 613 is the number of mitzvah commandments in the Torah. Yep. Which I wouldn't have known. Had a, mitz- that a, mitzvah, said that. a mitzvah is a commandment. And if I'm saying this correctly, a mitzvah is a group of commandments. Okay. So the mitzvah is like un, like unamas. Mitzvah is plural. So okay. there, are six, uh, uh, there are 613 single mitzvahs in the Torah. So we have if I'm wrong, some, some Jewish person, please tell us. Give us a little thing, because yes. I will admit, did not cover a lot of Jewish or rabbinic tradition. I did uh, lots of Christian theology and Buddhism. So, sorry, go ahead. So we have 613 as being sort of a common number that's showing up throughout uh, the season. Um, with the commandments, that's sort of you know the tie to Judaism, which sort of brings us to the Moses um, and kind of wraps up the ending really nicely. Yeah. So it, it's not a specific reference to Moses, but it, it is at least a tie-in to Judaism. And we have the very final scene with Stavros Milos, Milos Stavros, <laughs> taking a shower, <laughs> hopped up on Adderall. Uh. The shower water seems to turn into a blood and i was wondering if this was actually happening at the time like is this really i did too i was like or is like, he hallucinating no it's, right because of all the drugs he's been chewing down but lauren malvo has those tanks of pigs yeah blood no that's what we okay but then yeah Sorry. it's confirmed later on that it was definitely of malvo's you know practice. so where would he have gotten that do you suppose oh come on the pig's blood 
I, he's, I'm he's, asking that he's, rhetorically. He, he's like all red from Shawshank Redemption. He's a man who knows how to get things. He evidently knows how to find a guy who has a huge pharmaceutical company, zombie backpacks, and clean piss <laughs> in the back say. of a van that he just pops open in the open street to sell you for your 300-pound nine-year-old who can't finish a sentence. Sorry. Go ahead, Charby. <laughs> or he it is a great know, line. siphoned so it off the that butcher floor that's in the back of Stavros Milos Milos Stavros' <gasps> office. Ooh, yeah. Maybe he got that there. <laughs> What does uh, I, I just want to dial back here a second because uh, again, since this is very explicitly taking us down this this uh, not just the Bible but the um, um, the Torah, the, well, the Torah and uh, and, and down Buddhism. religious, you know, the uh, religious symbology at the very, the very <gasps> okay. Least. Sorry, it is pig's blood. From I'm just looking through the, from it's C H something butcher shop pig's blood five gallons. In the back, I, I'm freeze framing here. So seventeen dollars, seventeen fifty. It looks. I'm like. sure he wow. just went to the butcher shop and bought it. You I can just buy bought blood. It, yeah. You can just make blood sausage. I was just but, okay, say, okay, <laughs> okay. All right, all right. So the one point so I want to make. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, he Malvo asks uh, Milos Stavros Stavros Milos if he uh, if he is a Greek Orthodox. And what was Milos Stavros Stavros Milos's answer? It was something to the effect Why? of Why? Because God, I'm Greek. Right, but then he says, "Well, me and God, okay. It's like when you what does he compare it to? I forget. I I don't. But he he compares it to something like um um. But he doesn't really come out and say what his relationship to God is. No, he doesn't. He he That's dances just... around it slightly, um, as most for... Midwesterners do. <laughs> yeah, but he, the way he dances around it, it's um. He, you know what, you guys, you guys totally have me looking for. Like meaning in every little thing now, and well, uh, before this yeah, was a show, I just the show now. now I'm turning into an internet now person about it. Now we've yeah. ruined you. you <laughs> now will, I'm an internet person. You'll be up till <laughs> all hours of the night here, and we don't. Even, hey, we still didn't even talk about what, that, what is what, that thing? That's, what is a, that bear, th- that's a bear. Oh, it's a bear or trap. beaver trap. Um, by the way, what the fuck happened in Sioux Falls? There's so many things we can't even talk about. I think this episode was so full that we would have to make this such a long episode that you guys. I told you, man. Probably think this episode was. Phenomenal. Yeah. The line about the bourbon even, and the milkshakes. The bourbon and the really milkshakes, good. the Molly like getting all motherly and they're, they're going to make their own threes company episode. Like mom's <laughs> the a The podcast could literally be two hours and, long, oh, but God. we don't want to do that to people. No. Okay. So pig's blood. Yeah. I mean, you could get into the whole ex- Passover thing with, oh, Jesus, there's so many blood things in the Bible. I don't even know yeah. what to tell you about that. Blood's all over. Yeah. And on top of it, it's pig's blood. That's kind of bad in some ways, but. I don't know where were you, Sharpie. I don't even remember. I'm just like six. I think you were talking about the six thirteen, and um, uh, yeah, that's a fun rabbit hole. Because oh, okay, so uh, right now Bill's got a, a list of a the six hundred and thirteen, and it's just a huge chunk of like uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, it's like literally like you know, but they're the old. Sh- that's Old Testament. Shomer it's fucking old, Sh- Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. It's Old Testament shit. Like, and it's like, oh yeah, there's no. There's no like new age Jesus loves you shit. Not going to on eat here. the fats of certain animals. I I gotta think there's got to be some. Not oh, to eat blood. Six hundred and thirteen of those. There's got to be some of those that have it's to be pretty serious stuff. Oh, by the way, there's there is a thing Sharpie that I don't know if you knew about this, but I I don't know, remember if it was in one of the things I read or if it was in. I'm losing track now, but there was also somebody who had six hundred and thirteen tassels on their jacket, and I keep thinking, why does. Why does wrench and numbers guy, one of the, the the deaf guy, have the tassels? And I'm like, he's got tassels and sideburns. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about like like traditional Jews who keep the the curls in their hair and they don't trim the edges. I was gonna say, ah, what he's God. a time traveler. 
no, from the seventies. No. no, I I think I think the I think the tassels have to do with. I don't know. You need to read Living Biblically by uh, A.J. A. Jacobs or A. I can't remember. You should look it up. It's a really fun book. Uh, anyway, so there's the mitzvah thing, and I don't know. And now we're just derailed. We're spiraling. This is kind of the tail end here's, of okay, our conspiracy here's, theory. We're, we're, we don't have a Warren right. Commission. We don't have anything to stop but, us. We're just. But these are all going. these are okay. So this is the third episode. Um, <sighs> before we started recording, Bill and I were were talking about. Um, uh, some of the early criticism of the show sure, and yeah. critics were saying there was, they got to see four episodes and they saw these four episodes and they had all these, these superlatives uh, that they were heaping on uh, Billy Bob Thornton for his role as Lauren Malvo. But then also um, just talking about how better, how much better and better the show gets as it goes on. Yes. And so we're, we're 75% of the way through what all those people saw so and we're I think we're starting. Episode, yeah. Well, and I think we're starting to see it. So all these things are signposts, and I think you know a lot of these will probably end up being red herrings, right? But I think I, you know, there, there's no coincidences. Um, I think uh, you know Noah Hawley um, and, and any TV writer worth their salt in the 21st century has to realize that if people see an image, if they glom onto an idea or something, that they're going to follow it down a rabbit hole, and that they might be able to delineate some sort of um, hypertextual knowledge from it. There's some uh, there's some semiotics for you, um, and uh, and that that only enhances the viewing of it, which is why you that's why you put symbols into a work of fiction like this. That's why you you play mm-hmm. around with these things, and you're like, oh yeah, let's put a deer here or something. Um, and and I think that's that's only going to enrich our viewing of the show going forward, right? Yeah, and and I think that's the thing too is like I. I I can't remember now if what I said earlier. I can't remember what I said ten seconds ago. Who am I kidding? I'm still to the point. Lauren Melville is a deer. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Melville is a deer. Um, That'll be the next shirt uh, for 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 Tay. I'm making that shirt. Lauren Melville is a deer. I, <laughs> I just think that I'm. I'm kind of ready to move away. I, I'm ready to make commentary because we're from here, so we're we we can talk about fun things that are from here. What people would do the. Uh, Lester's at Beaumont's agency and the lady's like, oh, did you get my soup? And it's like, that that's that's for real. People are sick or somebody dies. People literally deliver you soup and hot dishes and food as just like a Midwestern. And it's always the same thing, which is funny. It's like, you know, somebody just died. So let me give you like the lowest common denominator of cheap food I can put together. Here's some scalloped potatoes. Yeah. Let me show you how much I care by giving you shit. Have, have you guys talked about the, uh, uh, the phenomenon of funeral hot dish? Which, which one? Are you about to say which one? <laughs> well, I, I was going to say or funeral sandwiches. We kind of did touch okay, on that. Okay, yeah, the point. ham and butter yeah, well, on the, little buns. Yeah, the, or, yeah, the buns. deviled ham or right. you know, ba- basically anything yeah. that looks like it's been whipped with meat in it, don't eat it. If it's just a ham and something <laughs> on a bun, you're going to eat it and hold on tight because the ladies in the church put so much fucking butter on it that your ham on the first bite is liable to just shoot out the other side because there is at least a quarter inch <laughs> well, of butter. Well, that's what they call a greased pig, right? Exactly. Like, we could do a whole episode on, like, crap you eat in church basements after funerals. Pretty much everything is either 50% butter or 50% mayonnaise. The- <laughs> or sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you crazy, good- you'll, you'll mix them together and you'll be like, oh, look, I made a sauce. There's, I, I wasn't familiar with this. I, <laughs> Uh, it was a, f- a funeral I went to a few months ago, and my uh, my sister said, "Oh, they're going to be having funeral hot dish." And I was like, "Okay, well, I know what I know what hot dish is." 
Um, but and what's you know what a funeral, funeral hot dish? <laughs> and I guess, you know, funeral hot dish, and you, you guys have had it, it's overcooked noodles. <laughs> For stuff, they got to be apparently overcooked. Well, anything you tomatoes, bake in the oven that long is going to get Yeah, over. tomatoes, uh, ground beef, uh, zero spices, apparently. Uh, no salt whatsoever. Um, well, you know, Bob's, Bob's been watching it. his uh, blood Okay, pressure. so that's what we yeah. call goulash. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I've heard it called goulash before. Yeah, yeah. that's what my family called it. Yep. Yeah. It's basically just tomato sauce, tomato soup, or a can of tomato juice, macaroni. Yep. Can of tomato juice. Totally. <laughs> guess guess what's in my cupboard right now? A six pack of tomato juice. Do we drink it? No, we're not Don Draper on Sunday. We it it was because my wife made this hot dish recipe for my mother. And she'll never hear this show, so I'm okay. <laughs> And I love it. It's great, but it's like literally, it's like elbow macaroni, tomato sauce, beef, and 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 like a can of mixed vegetables, and then you crumple potato chips on the top. Oh my god! <laughs> I've got, I've got, um, I've got a a church basement church lady cookbook from Saint Nicholas Catholic Church in Garrison, North Dakota. Oh, I've heard of this cookbook. Have you? What? Yes. No way. Yes. <laughs> but everything has five ingredients. Yes. They all come out I know. of a can. It's brilliant. So, so anyway, and, oh, we're also okay, we got that recipe. Yeah. We got we got to bring this back here because we got to wrap this up. So uh, also one of the most awesome slow motion scenes ever on TV for me in the last few weeks. Lester just lo- which one makes the biggest hole? <laughs> just blowing holes and shit. Which is funny because he shoots the gun, but yet he pockets a taser. Okay, right? Because really, when he, he's so I don't know, he's. Maybe he's not going to murder his brother. And by the way, we also got to touch on our hashtag, who dead next? I who think next? I got this one right, didn't I? Didn't I claim uh, nobody dies? So that's I our thing. We'll have to review the tape. Yeah, we'll I think it, I said last week, nobody dies. So we have this thing, what we do is we say, who's going to die next? And one week I said, somebody we don't know. But so technically somebody did die this yeah, week because uh, yeah. we recapped a death. But well, and, and the dog died. Oh, you guys don't. Oh, you're I not friends corrected. with any vegans, you? did not you? predict I the stand, king. Oh, PETA in the house. <laughs> so, okay, okay, so let's quickly wrap up the, the episode. So it ends with this monologue of Lauren Malvo um, doing a voiceover, and he's telling the story of Moses. Um, we see Wrench and... What is it? Numbers. 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 And they're, and sitting in a, they're sitting in an ice house. And I'm like, it's are they just monitoring the guy's body they shoved in there now? Is that what they're doing? Or are they just living there? Or that's just where they're hiding out? I, they're probably just hiding out. Yeah. Um, and then we see Stavros, Milos, Milos, Stavros. Can we, can we play this? Can we play this scene? Well, the it's, it's all music at the end. Or a song and some dialogue. Good point. Good point. Um, we do have the, I mean, the, the there is the monologue. We could listen to that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure I can... uh, I'm just kind of guessing here. Okay, here's Lester shooting. ...brink, and when she saw the basket in the sedges, she sent one of her maids for it. Watching Lester shoot a gun to a religious thing is just great. ...and saw within an infant crying. And having compassion on it, she said, this is one of the babes of the Hebrews. And she adopted him for a son and called him Moses saying, because I took him out of the water. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out among his people and saw their affliction. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, his brethren. Looking this way and that way and seeing no people, Moses slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Blood. Damn. Blood everywhere. And he 
doesn't notice right away. Oh no, and he, he puts tastes his, his tongue. Oh, he tastes it. Yeah, he tastes. Did you just says taste tastes it? it. <laughs> he tastes it. Fucking oh. jippers. Oh god, that was so. That was so uh, golem of you. Oh, and he tastes it. <laughs> and no, he tastes it. it. The precious. Oh god, we're nerds. <laughs> so he's telling the story of Moses slaying the Egyptian. Uh, he stops before he goes into. Later in the story, when Moses used yeah. his staff to turn the Nile into blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about uh, that. Just... Which is obviously a reference to what just happened. He basically turned Stavros Milos Milos Stavros' shower. <laughs> I love into... the fact that we've done this because <laughs> yeah. of the. We can't we I can't be. We yeah, couldn't remember because be I think Milos Milos Stavros sounds like a great name, but then Stavros <laughs> Milos is also a great name. <laughs> Stavros Milos Milos Stavros. That's why it's both. Yes. But it, it okay. So the um, but the 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 plague in in the Bible in uh, the Moses story is uh, it rains blood, does it not? Or does it uh, rain? No, it's like the meteor, the fire. I thought, God, there's so many. What, you know what, what? Here's the deal. There's a lot of bad shit that happens to people in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Until Jesus, until Jesus shows up and is like, let me show you to, how to fish. Hey, maybe there, they're wrong and you're maybe the Bible, they're wrong and you're right. It's ridiculous. Then there's and then it takes a mighty twist at the uh, at Revelations. <sighs> what a twist! <laughs> Another twist! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> anyway, so how do we how do we put a bow on this one, Sharpie? Let's put a bow on it. Um, <laughs> so much for your summation speech of your six thirteen. Ice, All I'm ice saying is theory. that there seems to be significance in the number six one three six thirteen. Um, it's in the ransom note. It's in Lester's address. Uh, it's a number of commandments in the Torah, um, which you know everything seems to be like tying back to religion. I think we should just keep an eye on it and just kind of have fun with it. Yeah, that's all. Basically, there's no like, there's no like way to say it's going to lead to this it's just saying that this is clearly a common theme uh underlying theme throughout the plot Ooh, proverbs thirty twenty eight: the spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's places oh did you just what? pull that out of your ass? Holy shit. I, no, I Googled it. What are you doing? <laughs> Go back to that. What Go did you Google? We can't to I just, get that. I just did. I Go just closed the window. Uh, oh, God. We can't do it. No, we got to wrap it up. Race the tabs. Oh, damn it. Fuck okay, wrapping fine. it up. You were just on to something. People will listen. They can turn it off if they want to turn it off. Oh, I did. I Googled Spider Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can't find the same thing. What are you... Uh, this? Yes. Oh, really? Look at this. I'm learning... <laughs> I, I just use, I just I schooled use, you on some Chrome, dude. I don't use Chrome except for like this show. That's the only time I use right, Chrome. Whatever. Uh, I don't know what you want me to do with this. this I, it's well, a lot of reverse. It, it's a lot of reverse text on a black page. Which, by the way, is it's it's a fucking it's horrid. A, it's, a crazy, it's a crazy preacher. Look at that dude up at the pastor. I know, Jack Pastor Hiles. Jack Hiles. Don't go read this. He's the loyal pastor of First Baptist the spider Church of Hammond. Hold with her hands and in king's places. Oh, I don't know. Oh. They're going to crawl out of somebody's neck. So, yeah, hey, okay, we got to cover this. So, who dead next? Sharpie, who, dead next? who, who do you think is going to die in the next episode? The next episode. I have not been right yet, but, you know, body count has come down a little bit. Um, well, everything's come down from four. <laughs> right? The first episode. You know, four dead people. 
because of because of Semenko, the fire hydrant's comments <gasps> oh, in the office. Can I make a Semenko comment real quick? Sure. Hold that thought. Sometimes the way Semenko talks with uh, Stavros Milos Milos Stavros, I feel like they're like the adult version of the Hess of children. Sam Hess's kids. Sam Hess's kids. Because, <laughs> exactly. And it's like he's gotten a little smarter and he's like, yeah, that would never like dipshit or what does he call it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, dipshit. Ass hat. Ass hat. You no talent. He just ass like clown. repeats whatever his master has said. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. That was my thing. Yeah, anyway, I so thought, you were I had that okay. same okay. thought. So okay. I'm going to go with Semenko the fire hydrant. Chris, do you have any you have any theories on who, who could be next? Who, who dead could be next? next? And and the it's the options you can also say no one. Uh, or I'm going to go with uh and I'm just I'm just picking a name out of the the hat here. Uh Glenn Howerton's character, the trainer. You think Chump, Chump is dying? Chump. I think Chump's I think Chump will go down. I I'm just just to play along. I'm I probably think Chump's wrong. got some legs right now. I I'm going to continue streak of nobody dies. Pussy. Except for I'm dogs. not being a pussy. I just I know I know that we still have to introduce Key and Peel's characters. I think oh, the fire so hydrant's a great one, but Okay, if somebody dies, it's gonna be the fire hydrant. Gotta be. Because he's on the prod. Fire hydrant be dead next. He's a hot fire hydrant. <laughs> Cap that thing. So there you have it, folks. Thanks so much. We gotta wrap this up. Thanks so much to Chris Kurzman for coming on thanks, the show. Chris. Oh, thank uh, you guys. Thanks for listening to our crazy conspiracy theories this week. And uh, if we can get this worked out next week, I believe we're going to have the gals from uh, the blog FX Fargo, who also have at FX Fargo on Twitter. We're going to try to work that out. There's, We'll see what happens. If not, we'll, I don't know what we're going to do. And we're also in the process of talking <laughs> to somebody else to be on the show, too, that's actually on the TV show. So much to come. Keep your eye out for 613. Keep your eye out for deer and... Uh, Read fish your and read spiders. Your fish and spiders and uh, and read your Bible and your your Torah and the, the <laughs> what the Buddha knows and do your homework. The Bhagavad Gita. Joseph Campbell. Just keep up because this shit's going on. And uh Sharpie. Until next time, yes. my friend. Until next time. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs>